Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast, where we uncover the stories that shaped the business owner. Brought to you by Lisa Settle and Isla O'Hara. Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast. My name is Lisa Settle. And my name is Isla O'Hara. And we'll be your hosts for today. The Business Diaries is a platform for businessmen and women to share their stories relating to their experiences and the lessons learned in business. We have had three fantastic years of events, but 2020 has been all about online. And so we've been using the podcast to keep the stories coming. It's been a joy for Isla and I, really. We get to hear so many different stories and we get thoroughly entertained and inspired on a monthly basis. So what's not to like? Today, we're talking about the importance of communication. Isla, who's in the guest seat? Oh, thank you, Lisa. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Anne Reid to our podcast today. But before we hand over to Anne, let me tell you a little bit about her. Anne is a virtual personal assistant and founder of the PA Portal, supporting her clients with admin, social media, digital and email marketing. Anne is a MailChimp partner and is Digital Women's Highly Commended VA of the Year, which is a UK award for women working in the field of digital marketing. So welcome, Anne. Thank you. Hi, Hi Anne. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm super excited to hand over the, the airwaves, the, the airwaves <laughs> to you, and I can't wait for you to share our story with us. So over to you. Thanks very much. So I've always regarded George Bernard Shaw to be one of the most influential writers of the modern age and also a real hero of communication, which we're talking about today. He was a champion of clarity. And I'd just like to share something he said, which I think is really applicable in so many real life situations, not just our businesses, but in our everyday lives. He said, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. So communication isn't just talk. It's about persuasion, empathy, understanding, listening. And it's a skill I've learned to hone. In all of my roles in my life, I've been a lover of good communication. So in my career in admin, sales and marketing, as a PA and now a virtual assistant, I've championed good communication. I've even used my own skills to upskill others on how to get the message right, to get it delivered, and more importantly, to get it heard. But when we're communicating in today's fast-paced life, we sometimes really forget, don't we, what good looks like. We've all been there, um, said or written something that didn't get received probably how we intended. Perhaps we've even offended somebody unintentionally or lost a client or a pitch because we weren't clear enough about what we do or what we wanted to say. We're all bound to make mistakes. We're all humans after all. But what's important, I think, is that you learn from them. So I'm going to share with you today an example of when my communication was not good, when it didn't go right, where it wasn't understood. And I think it might highlight the importance to you listening today of being clear and being concise and more importantly, of being understood. You'll see the impact it had on me and the others around me. So let me take you back to when I was working as a PA for a large retail business, a huge high street name 
and I was drafted in at relatively short notice to organise a 200 delegate conference in London. So a colleague um, had been signed off sick, so I was offered the opportunity to step into her shoes and take over. The venue was all booked. It was pretty swanky, stylish and a prestigious place to hold this conference of this scale right bang in central London. So there's me based in my little regional office in Chatham, called into Big Smoke London to get this show on the road. So I had worked many times within a team to pull off some big events like this, but I'd never had the lead starring role. So I was really flattered, excited and ready to show the world what I could do. So there was me. I flitted back and forth to London on the train to various planning meetings with the venue and also the host. The host was a high level exec director. He was charming. He was cool. He was really calm and he had every confidence in me to deliver for him. I totally had this. There was a huge amount of work to be done, as anyone will know, that's organised big events or conferences. Um, and it was a short space of time, as I said, but I knew I could do it. There were four, four speakers that day. They were all top execs within my business. You know, the ones that sit up in the big corner offices with the deep plush carpets. They were all presenting their latest strategies on the big screen. The strategy part of the conference was obviously really, really important, but the highlight of my conference was going to be announcing the winners of this of a big competition, a kind of X Factor final moment. So the competition was really the real reason the delegates had travelled the length and breadth of the land and across the sea from Ireland to come to my conference in London. These guys, the delegates, had all worked incredibly hard for months. Real blood, sweat and tears, as I know, had been shed to prepare their retail stores to be the absolute best, to be recognised as the regional centres of excellence and for one of them, just one of them, to be crowned the best store of the year. So who knew that a few simple communication errors could have such an impact at this amazing, exciting event. So take me back to the day. I take you back. All the strategies had been landed. Everyone had enjoyed their posh lunch. They'd hobnobbed with some of the execs, hung out with their colleagues and their competitors. And now the delegates returned back to the auditorium for the big moment. So up on the stage, there was the host. He was cool. He was calm and he was charming. Remember, right there on the stage, talking through the finalists, sharing my slides up on the screen with impressive images of the fantastic looking stores. He was a good communicator. He used his skills to really get the crowd going. He was building the suspense, celebrating the runners up, working the room. But before I go on, I just wanted to share that the host was quite clicker happy, presentation clicker happy. And he kept going back and forth within the slides and kept chopping and changing his rehearsed script in the moment. But that was OK. He was working the room. He was holding the crowd and the atmosphere was becoming pretty intense. You could almost hear the drums rolling. But then... Just as he finished presenting the third place and the runner-up had stepped down from the stage after they had their little moment of glory, something happened. 
back in the AV, the audio visual room, the room where all the sound and the vision for the conference was being controlled, the slides were changed to what should have been second place. What had happened is I'd purposefully kept the slides separate by winner position. So all the AV guy had to do was to make the right switch at the right time. I had briefed him. He was an AV pro, or so I thought. So there was our host in the spotlights on the big stage in front of 200 excited delegates and me. He launched into his script for second place, started the banter going, teased the audience, making them guess who was going to be good to get second place, but not quite good enough to be the overall winner. It was a bit of a banter situation. But just as he clicked the slides over, it wasn't second place up on the 50 foot screen. It was a slide ready to announce the big winner. I saw it. He was bantering on. I immediately realized what had happened, that the first place slides had been loaded too early, but it was too late. The host, unaware, carried on with his second place banter, continued building, building to the moment. But just as I rushed towards the AV room to sort the mess out, and remember, this was a really big auditorium, the AV room was right at the back. The clicker happy host clicked on. I just got to the back of the room, back of the room to the AV door, and boom, there on the screen was the winning store's name in huge letters. So big, you really couldn't hide from them. The host had just announced the second place runner-up's name, so you couldn't blame him for being a bit confused when he did a brilliant job. But the winner's name was up on the screen. But he kept calm and he carried on and he went with the crowd. But the laughter, oh my goodness, the laughter erupted. There were massive cheers, there were wolf whistles, but mostly laughter. And that's what I heard from the back of the room. Everyone was staring at the screen, laughing at the calamity that had unfolded and now graciously cheering on the winner. It was a really cringeworthy moment for me because we weren't ready. We had the no big winner music, the spotlight, nothing. The poor big winner just looked awkward and confused. Their name hadn't been called out. The second winner's name had been called out, but, not, but their store was up on the stage, on the screen. So they had no idea whether they should come to the stage or stay where they were. This was supposed to be their big X Factor moment. I felt really sick. I felt cold and shivery. The blood was rushing to my feet. I really felt like hiding back in that AV room and never coming out again. And what I could really hear was the laughter ringing my ears. And as I ran, hot-footed it back down the auditorium to get to the host, I could feel the eyes of the senior execs burning holes in my back. But we, we rectified it. We welcomed the winner to the stage. We got the big moment for them. It was just not as seamlessly as I had planned. We also then switched back and sorted out the second place winner too. So it was all good. After the event, we had figured out what had gone wrong. I think it's clear that I hadn't perhaps communicated clearly enough with the AV guy, who was supposed to be a pro, how to load the slides correctly. They had been numbered, but it still wasn't entirely clear to him what he should do. And I, most importantly, hadn't checked that he'd understood what he needed to do. 
So in all the build up, the planning for the conference, albeit in a really short period of time, I should have taken just a few more minutes to check he had listened and he'd understood. Although this was many years ago now, that day really does stay with me, but I reflect on it. I reflect about how I felt, how others felt like the hosts and the winners. That night on the train home from London, I will admit that I did cry a little bit. I couldn't get out of London quick enough. But the host was amazing and he didn't hold me to account. It was just one of those things. But personally, I still felt that I had failed. So I've been really honest with you. I messed up. Yes, a tiny, simple, small error. Nothing life or death, obviously, but one that has stayed with me and shaped me. It's a cautionary tale where good communication was just not good enough. And I think we can all learn from this. Clarity is essential or the results can be catastrophic. And it's not just what we say, but it's how we say it. So every day in my business, whether I'm sending daily client emails, curating social media campaigns, calling my clients customers or even building PowerPoint presentations, whenever I'm creating these communications, I follow some simple rules. Keep it clear, concise, have a logical structure, connect with others, check and listen, listen and check that others are listening too. So I'm just going to leave you with that George Bernard Shaw quote again. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Thank you. Oh, Anne, thank you. Gosh, do, do you know my heart is, is racing? Oh, wow, that's <laughs> I, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> um, you know, thanks so much for sharing that story. Uh, we've certainly hear, heard lots and lots of different stories on the business diaries, but I think that that one gets the prize for being the biggest awkward moment. <laughs> Definitely. You know, that, that moment when the wrong slide came up. Oh, gosh, that host must have felt like crawling in a hole. I mean, actually, what a relief that he was so well... Um, he, he was a professional and, yeah. you know, managed to smooth it, smooth it over. But probably something he'll never forget. No, no. And we still message. We don't work together now, but we still message each other occasionally. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, it stayed definitely. for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a, it was a you know, it was a, a moment. It was a disaster. It's a lesson that no one really wants to learn. But actually, mm. you do learn quite a lot from it. Mm-hmm. What did you... Absolutely. Yeah, one, one, absolutely, 100%. I can, yes, resonate with, with that and those heart-stopping moments where you know that something's gone wrong. You've done everything in your power to make sure that everything is right, but you're powerless to fix the error and you, you, just, have to, you just have to run with it. But yes, those, those heart-stopping moments. I have to say, when you said that you felt cold and tingly, you know, I was feeling that. As you were telling the story, I was thinking, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I was feeling it on my arms and cold and tingly and sweaty and all of those things. So well described. Thank you. Thank you. It's incredible, isn't it? You have such a physical reaction to, mm. to something, that, uh, to something that's, that's happening. And I would like to take you back to your childhood. It's sneakily for our listeners. We were talking before you came on air and you were telling us about your love of communication really started as a child. So can you share those stories that you were telling us about your childhood in Ireland with uh, with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, 
I was born um, as a fourth child in a um, Anglo-Irish family in Essex, that's where I was born. And there was a lot of competition and noise to overcome. Um, I was the youngest, so I needed my voice to be heard. So, and I've got a very wide extended family in Cork in Ireland. And in my childhood, um, we would always travel back and forth across the Irish Sea to to visit our family whenever we could. Um, and this, I think the Irish culture has, you know, is embedded in me, um, which is very much steeped in folklore, storytelling, written words, as George Bernard Shaw would say, um, and songs as well. Um, and um, also my family, being from Cork, are very close to the Blarney Stone, um, to Blarney Tower. To, and I, I think by the age of eight, I'd visited and kissed the Blarney Stone a number of times. So I think um, some people might not know about the Blarney Stone. So I'll just kind of share that it's, um, it, it's at the top. The Blarney Tower is the 90 foot tall tower. And to kiss the Blarney Stone, which is supposedly give you the gift of the gab, or actually it's more about eloquence and persuasion obviously important in communication um you go to the top of the tower you hold on to some bars and you lean backwards over a gap 90 foot in the air to kiss this cold wet stone <laughs> not very coronavirus friendly at the moment but um yeah so I kissed it so many times and that that's just all part of my culture and and back and background really um and yeah, it's probably where I get my fear of heights from now. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, the gift, it's all about the gift of the gab, really. And, and, you know, coming from a wide family, a big family, being the youngest, needed to learn my communication skills from a really early age. Otherwise, I'd just be lost in all the noise. Oh, absolutely. This sounds such a great... Uh, such a great grounding as well. And of course, uh, yeah, the Irish are a nation of great storytellers. I, I have similar with my husband's family. It is difficult to get a word in edgeways <laughs> sometimes, but this um, really did give you a good grounding and the skill set that you needed when you moved over to the UK after university and you started your first job in London. Tell us what happened when you moved in and uh, you started working with an Italian family, if, if yeah. I remember. That's right. Yes. So yeah, I've gone from my Irish family into a new family. And it was my first proper job after university um, in London, in North London. And I was a sales administrator for an Italian um, frozen food ice cream company um, that used to supply lots of restaurants and still do around London. Um, so it was a fantastic job, you know, learning new new skills, obviously, um, being in the world of work now rather than education. Um, but the Italian families all commute in a different communicate in a different way to the Irish families. They're very much physical, you know, hand gestures, as we know. Um, and I was on the phone a lot um, talking to the restaurant owners, you know, selling to them, getting them to buy the goods that we had, um, the ice cream, the cakes, etc., um, building relationships with those guys, um, not being Italian myself, but, you know, falling into their ways. I was gesticulating quite a lot when I was on the phone with them, channeling their Italianness. I guess. Um, I actually did go on to learn some Italian as a, as a result um, of that. Um, it was a really good, fun, proper job to have. I felt very welcome and it was a very warm environment the um the nonnas would come in and they would cook lunch for everybody every day we'd have pasta we'd have sambuca you know we did work hard but we also had a lovely um time as well it was a great first job and a first good grounding for my sort of sales career 
really does sound like a wonderful first job. Uh, lots of people would love to have that, I think. And, and, and lots of examples, as you mentioned, there are lots of examples of, of communication on different levels. You know, you, you just think of the Italians, don't you? And you think of all the body language and that, as you say, the, the hand and arm movements, etc. So sort of talking about people communicating on different levels, now that you're running your own company, the, the PA portal, providing admin services, etc., how do you find your clients communicate? Because I'm I'm guessing that they're not all as organised as you. So how does that work? Um, yeah, so I work with loads of different clients from different industries. And, you know, we're all different. We all work. We're all humans. We've all got different communication skills. So I think when I work with my clients, I, I like to, when I first get to know them and have that first discovery call with them, I like to learn how they like to communicate you know, at that time when they've reached out to me, they want some support with their business, um, whether that's their sales, marketing, etc. They need someone to help them. So I listen to how they like to communicate. And then over time, we kind of work in a more productive way to make the communication between us um, more effective and more productive. So, you know, they pay me by the hour. So, you know, the, the more talking that we do or the more emails that go back and forth that don't answer or solve a problem um, will cost them money. So that's why I always really like to get my clear, concise communication skills and my experience and use that to influence the way that they communicate and the way that we work together and the way they um, communicate with their own clients um, to get, you know, as seamless and as smooth as possible. Yeah, so you've, you've actually developed a strategy to get your clients to communicate in a way that helps them but helps you too. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of like pull ourselves together um, to work, you know, more more efficiently, really. Mm. So on an organisational level, would you say that the majority of your clients, I'm guessing, are not going to be very well organised because they wouldn't be needing your services? Or No, sometimes, you know, a lot of my clients come to me for different reasons. But often, as you say, I'm highly organised. They might be the polar opposite of me. Um, so, yeah, so I like to sort of mirror them and, and help them and support them. Um, you know, we work together. We, we, we find that common ground and we solve the problems for their business. Um, mm. But yeah, um, we are quite different. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So would you say that communication and organisation has almost become your unique selling point? I think it has. And yeah, I set up the business back in 2017. Um, and I started more down the PA, traditional kind of PA support route. But I've over the years, um, I've now honed all my digital skills and I'm working a lot more with clients for social media and, and marketing messages. So that's all about communication, all about getting the right message out to the right audience. So I've def I definitely think that as a virtual assistant, communication is a huge part of everything that I do. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, 100%. It said that effective communication is 80% listening and 20% speaking. What What is interesting for me in, in that quote is that it's all about the proactive side of communication, i.e. as the person communicating the actions that we are taking in order to communicate. There's nothing about how our communication is being heard, whether our message is being understood. And um, I mean, this is, I think we've all had instances throughout careers. And, and the story that you told today was that 
you did everything you could in your uh, using all of your skill set, experience, and knowledge to if you effectively communicate with the PA team. Somehow, somewhere along the line, the message hadn't resonated or hadn't hadn't understood. What what if what tips have you picked up? Uh, along the way to help people make sure that they're actually that their communication is effective in the sense of it is being understood by the receiver yeah I think the tips that I always kind of go with are always you've got to be clear you've got to be concise you've got to be logical um, you've got to be effective just think think about think about how your message might land think about your audience think about who you're talking to how will they receive the information whether that's verbal or written um and what will they do with that information and if they don't do the thing that you want them to do then your communication isn't right in the first place um so you need to you need to tailor it to the person that you're communicating to um and you need to make sure that and check, always check, always check that they've understood. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think that there's, you know, you know, don't get me wrong. Social media is is marvellous and email is marvellous and all of these techniques that we have now. But, you know, how, you know, are we utilising these skills to the detriment of actually picking up the phone and speaking to somebody and actually, you know, talking to them and saying, you know, is it clear what I've said? Have you understood what I've said? Rather than being given a brief, you delivering on what you think is the brief and then it going back to the client and the client actually saying, do you know what? That isn't quite what I had in mind. Yeah. What they have in mind has got nothing to do with the brief that they've, that they've given you. Um, So I think my question is, you know, there's some great instances where communication uh, through social media particularly has been really powerful. Mm. But do you feel that that's to the detriment of actually speaking to somebody and having a verbal conversation? Yeah, I think, well, I think that social media has a power for good. Um, You know, think about the time that we're in, the age that we're in, the experiences we're all going through and feel like, you know, social media has brought us all together with the whole NHS clapping banging our saucepans etc and you know all the charitable work that has happened as a result but you know communication and social media has been great for that but there's been problems as well where communication in this current situation hasn't gone so well I think a lot of the frustrations that we've got um, in the UK at the moment regarding regulations what we can what we can't do is probably due to poor communication and not checking that everyone understands what the message should be for this pandemic situation as an example. Mm, I think I think yeah. you're absolutely right. I think the communication surrounding this pandemic are going to be studied by students of communication for mm. many years in the <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be on the agenda in many university courses, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. But I, I think you're right, you know, the social media has definitely come in and brought a, a sort of a, a feeling of community. Uh, and as you say about the NHS, I th- you know, there are people that went outside to bang their saucepans and actually talk to neighbours that they hadn't spoken to before. Yeah. yeah. So they were coming together as one, but they were actually, you know, meeting new people. So, I, I mean, I know for one, it wasn't actually through the NHS, but it was through... Um, it was the problems with the bins, actually, <laughs> during during the pandemic. For some reason, you know, the, we weren't getting a, a collection, and they the dustbin men seemed to pick up on one side of the road. 
but not on our side of the road. So they were going up in the morning, picking up the rubbish and then disappearing. And they weren't coming back down the other side to pick up ours. So we decided to go up the road to someone who had a bit of space on their drive and ask them if we could put our bins outside their house and see if they'd get collected, <laughs> which, which they did. But it was funny because we hadn't, the people over there haven't lived there for a long time, so they were new neighbours. But it was the first time that we communicated with them. And now we speak to them, you know, on a regular basis. And when he, they walk past walking the dog, they wave to us through the kitchen window. And uh, and that's really nice. So it, it, it did bring about new connections, I guess, with the community and that nice community feeling, a bit like we had with the 2012 Olympics. Yeah. Do you remember that? The, you that know, feel-good factor that everybody yeah. had and, you know, coming together for the greater good, really. Yes, yeah, definitely. There was that unity, which, which, yeah, really worked well, really worked well. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, thank you, Anne, this has been such a great discussion and I can't believe that, it, that the time has gone so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've got some really good takeaways uh, from from what you've said today and thank you for, for sharing those. I think, a, you know, a key takeaway from me is that it's the importance of making sure that our message is received by the person to whom we're we're speaking and and it's understood uh as as well and you know because so often it isn't so often we speak and we just assume well you know I said this happens with me and my husband the whole time (laughs) I think I've given very clear instructions something else happens entirely and I'm like but I said and anyway there Mm -hmm. we go um so yeah the importance of making sure that our message is actually received and under and understood Uh, how about you Lisa what was your key takeaway yeah, well, actually, I was going to say something very similar. Actually, I, I've you know I've really enjoyed the discussion. It's it's actually this subject is now sort of well set in my mind because I'm feeling very aware of how easy it is to not communicate effectively, mm-hmm. and I, I think I'm going to take that away with me and sort of think about that during the day because you know definitely we need to make an effort to be more mindful in the way we communicate I'm very guilty just like Isla said and and we're both sort of saying about communicating with our husbands but Mm -hmm. I would say David the bin needs emptying which actually really I should say would you mind emptying the bin (laughs) or you know but um it's it's you you leave things it's as we say that that George Bernard Shaw quote is very much about what's not been said and there's a lot of assumption, and yeah. I think uh, there's, you know, that that's actually the killer of the communication. That that assumption, isn't it? So, yeah, very mindful now in the way I communicate, and I'm going to think about that today when mm-hmm. I communicate with everybody else. Yeah, I think so. so. And and speaking of of, of work, and tell us what projects are you working on at at the moment. Um, well, I'm working with a lot newer clients at the moment, predominantly since I've been um, approved as a MailChimp partner. So uh, MailChimp is an email marketing platform that many small business owners use. So um, a lot of the clients that are coming on the books at the moment um, are looking for email marketing support um, for sending regular campaigns or automated campaigns to get their sales messages, their communications heard by their customers. Um, so that's, you know, what I'm working on at the moment, um, but also supporting, you know, with other admin and social media and sales and marketing tasks. 
And I have to say that Anne is a very good supporter of women in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a, a part of the same group that I'm in and does an awful lot, an awful lot to help with the running of that group. So thank you so much. Uh, it, it's been fabulous to have your understanding. And again, your your clear communication skills have actually come in and I wouldn't say save the day because it's not that disastrous, but <laughs> it certainly helps steer the way in, in the right direction. So uh, from from me and the other ladies from WIB, I, I know that they're very grateful. So thank you to you for that. Thanks. Um, you're, you're welcome. So I think that, that's, that that brings to a close. I think we've had a great discussion on communication. So all that remains really is to say thank you, big thanks to our guest and thank you so much for giving up the time and joining us today. You're very much welcome. It's been a real pleasure. Excellent. Good. Glad to hear. And of course, we have to say thank you to Paul Cheese for our fantastic jingle and for editing this Mm -hmm. podcast. Isla, many thanks for being a super co-host as always. And do we, any, any more announcements, Isla? Do we have anything else yeah, to well, say Yeah, well, we've just today? got a couple of things to add on. Um, Anne, how can people get in touch with you if they uh, want to help with their email marketing or any kind of support? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so my website is thepaportal.co.uk. Um, so have a look there. All my social media links are on there as well. So feel free to follow me or drop me an email, Anne, at thepaportal.co.uk. And we can set up a Zoom call or a telephone call and get start communicating. Fabulous. Thank you for that. And just an announcement, really, as uh, regular listeners now and our regular followers of the Business Diary um, will know that we were very much hoping to hold a live event in December. But due to the current situation and unsurprisingly, we've taken the decision that we're not going to be holding the live event. We're going to wait until things are a little bit more uh, a little bit more settled but don't worry because Lisa and I are keeping the stories flowing through the monthly episodes on this podcast which we really hope that you are enjoying so do subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the biz diaries that's b-i-z so at the biz diaries we hope that you've loved this conversation do give us your thoughts we're always very interested in feedback and uh and i think that's that's it for me so lisa over to you yeah well i echo all your thanks etc and please do give us some feedback that would be great carry on enormous thanks go to you the listener for tuning in we hope you've enjoyed the discussion and you'll join us for our next podcast bye for now bye-bye We hope you have enjoyed listening to this edition of The Business Diaries. We would love to hear your feedback. Please find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Biz Diaries. 